A global pandemic forced us to close the labs and pause experiments. But for our lab, science has always been about building community. So today, we're chatting with fellow researchers about their experiences in lockdown. I'm Andrew Pelling, and you're listening to Quarantimes. Dear Quarantimers, as we approach the end of our limited series, I'm pumped to speak to the Pelling Lab's resident artist. Today, we have Elaine Whitaker, who studies the intersection between biology, medicine, ecology, and visual art. Thanks for being here, Elaine. Oh, it's great to be here, Nikki. Thanks for inviting me. So, Elaine, you have a super interesting profession that I would definitely call unique, since many feel that science and art are somewhat opposites. And as an artist and scientist myself, I know that the creativity needed to perform well in both fields definitely has some overlap. So... I'm wondering, were you an artist before you became interested in science, or is there more to the story? Um, I would say that as a kid, I was not an artist at all. And as a young person, I was not an artist. I was a naturalist. I was interested in nature. I was a bird watcher. I thought bugs were amazing. But I never thought of myself as an artist. And in fact, I didn't go to art school until my... I, until quite late in life. But at that point, I had been taking, starting to take a lot more art classes and was thinking that, yeah, this is, this is more my direction. I don't want to be working in administration anymore. Um, even though it does pay the bills, I would love to be doing more, more art um, and seeing where that takes me. And, and because I had this great interest in biology, um, I, I was moving in that, I moved in that direction with my artwork. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I mean, when you find yourself in an interdisciplinary field, it's usually because you got there in a somewhat unconventional way. Now, I know that a lot of your art specializes in work involving epidemics. So did you see this pandemic coming? Did I see it coming? Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) In a sense, I did because I've been working and artistically and looking at pandemics and epidemics for over 20 years now. Um, So I was doing, it's been part of my research for my artwork for quite a while. And how did your interest in pandemics first come about? Uh, It originally came because um, I have an interest in toxicology and I was looking at um, um, the way chemicals Um, are absorbed and held in by the body. I started being interested in bacteria and thinking about um, the diseases that were possibly coming about. And um, so that's one aspect of why I got interested in it. But the other part of it was because of my mother's experience. My mother had had tuberculosis when she was 20 and I knew of that story or that experience she had ever since I was a kid. And I think that was just always in the back of my brain um, about that you can get sick, you can you can get a disease, an infectious diseases, and that it travels. There was something there that um, I think had just always been a part of me since I was a kid. You have a very poignant piece titled Screened For, where you're wearing a bunch of surgical masks And on each one is a beautiful painted depiction of tuberculosis, Ebola, SARS, and a bunch of other infectious diseases. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Mm -hmm. Um, Screen 4 was 
uh, originally a piece I made back in 2004. And I, I was really interested in, in, at that point, the idea that there was an edge to everything that was microbial, and that edge was, it's invisible, we can't, we can't see it, it's beautiful, how do I aesthetically bring it out into the forefront? Um, and talk about that dichotomy, that juxtaposition of, of beauty and fear, beauty and terror that, that they evoke. And I came upon the mask and I thought of it, oh, it's a, that's a great little canvas. That's, that's a canvas that I could paint on and I could, I could make these microbes visible. And then I hung that, it was in my very first, it was in my very first exhibit at um, the Redhead Gallery that I'm a, a member of here in Toronto, we're a collective and we run a gallery, and it was my very first solo show there. I love this idea that you took something scary, you know, like microbes that cause epidemics, and you painted them beautifully to shed light on the topic. Um, did you know at the time that this would be so relevant now? No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, it, it just, it's just I have this quirk, I had this quirky interest in infectious diseases and, uh, and pandemics and epidemics and wondering, you know, this is amazing. Like I was reading uh, uh, Lord Garrett's book, The Coming Plague. I was reading um, Frank Ryan, Virus X. And I was, it was just, I was all, all enthused and encompassed by it. And I, and I, and so on. And then I was making these works because I, I was responding to what was actually happening in the world at that point. So Screen 4 um, came out of me wanting to do do these, uh, these, uh, the ultimate selfie of me with the infectious disease on my face, basically. <laughs> well, it definitely turned out to be the ultimate selfie, and it was featured in CBC and at a bunch of galleries, so that's amazing. Uh, you also have another piece called I Caught It at the Movies Inside an Installation that's called Ambient Plagues. I mean, without even describing the artwork, I'm sure you can tell by the title that these are also pieces that are very relevant right now. So I'm curious how you came up with them. Ambient Plagues um, is an installation of a number of pieces as well. And um, its main piece was, um, um, I caught it at the movies. And I did that piece in 2013. And just a number of years, in a couple of years before that, in that time period, there were a lot of disaster movies being made and a lot of zombie movies being made. Zombies were the big thing. And I kept noticing that the zombie, I wasn't interested in the zombies per se, I was interested in how they became zombies. And that was, and often it was a, something viral. And I, I started thinking about, I would, that I really wanted to do a piece that was sort of based on popular culture. And I, start, I took um, stills right off the television set where I was watching them on the DVDs. And then I took those photographic stills, inserted them into Petri dishes, and grew a salt bacteria on them and as part of it. And I caught it, I caught it at the movies. And it went to a show. It went to um, Winnipeg and was in the Toxicity show. And in that show was where I met Andrew Pelling. Andrew was in that show as well. Oh, so that's how you met Andrew. I, I met him pretty unconventionally as well. So did you know about him prior to that point? 
I had heard about his work and that he, he had been doing, uh, working with biomaterials and, and cells, and, but I didn't, I hadn't been following it much at that point. And uh, I got introduced to him and we started talking and, um, and, and he said he was in Ottawa and I said, oh, I go to Ottawa all the time. I have family there. And he was saying, he talked about the lab and he said, you should come by for, for a tour sometime. And I thought, yeah, that would be great. Um, but it took another two years before um, we actually met up again in 2015. We, we talked and he said, yeah, you know, think about coming and, and uh, checking out the lab. And so that summer was the first summer I went by and he gave me a tour of the lab. And the rest is history. You've been collabing a lot with Ryan on some really cool stuff and it's also been great for me to see all the creativity that you've added to our lab. Uh, now, I know since quarantine started, it's been a tough time for all of us. So how has it impacted you personally? In the mid-January, as I was getting ready for my solo show at Redhead Gallery, and this was my Murky Bodies show that I had been working on with, with, uh, with Ryan at, at the lab, um, we had put everything together, we had everything ready to go, and um, I got diagnosed with uh, early stage breast cancer. So suddenly my head and my physical, emotional space was being um, pulled in a number of different directions. And um, I was having to deal with uh, cancer and I was having to deal with getting a show going and getting it stalled and then being present for the show for a whole month at the same time as negotiating and figuring out what the next steps were um, around this cancer we had just found in my body. And so the oncologist uh, suggested uh, the first step being a lumpectomy. And because after the lumpectomy, they found that I still had leftover cancer cells, that the margins were not clear when they did the biopsy um, of the tumor which meant I should have had a second surgery. I would have, they would have gone in um, re-excised, taken out those cancer cells. And then in the ideal scenario was then I would have a couple months to heal and then I would start radiation later on. But because surgeries were canceled and especially this was considered not urgent, um, the, onco the oncologist, uh, the radiation oncologist suggested, well, why don't we, let's not wait, let's start you on radiation right away. Unfortunately, it's going to be at the height of the pandemic and it's at the hospital. I have to go into the hospital five days a week um, in and out doing radiation. And we're going to add an extra week and a boost at the end because there were still leftover cancer cells. So I was going to have to do four weeks instead of three weeks. And, um, and I was also, they had to do the full breast instead of just the, the tumor area, which is what they would have done if, they'd had the, if I'd had the second surgery. So the pandemic changed a lot of things. I couldn't even imagine what you must have been going through with everything piling on. And then on top of it, having to be careful every time you went to the hospital. That's so horrifying. You're honestly superwoman for getting through all of that. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's very kind of you to say that, but... <laughs> no, but seriously, you are. Like, you presented your huge project at the gallery while still treating your cancer amid a pandemic. Like, those are the types of stories you read about, and I'm sure that's taken a huge emotional toll on you. The tenseness I had, I was tense about everything. Um, because one, 
I was thinking about cancer and doing research and talking to people and, and finding amazing support out there. But at the same time, it was don't get COVID-19 because if you get COVID-19, suddenly you're going to be, we have to stop radiation completely because, you know, you can't be going in and out of a cancer hospital if you've got COVID-19 and et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to ex expose people. So there was an added stress to just even going through radiation. <laughs> now, I'm, now I can say it without, because I'm through it. I got through it <laughs> without getting COVID-19, <laughs> which was really um, um, mainly because I have a lot of support from a very supportive, wonderful partner who did other grocery shopping, who, does, who did everything for me, who took me to the hospital. And of course, he couldn't come in, but he could sit in the car and wait for me for when I came out um, so that I didn't have to go on transit and I didn't have to be exposed myself to people and I could stay as isolated as possible, um, especially when you, my immune system is so compromised at this point in time. So it was this interesting confluence of thinking about the pandemic and my own artwork and being asked about my artwork all the time and at the same time my head is all in this trying to understand cancer and what was happening within the breast and what was happening at the cellular level there so it's very emotional when you're going through uh, two major things at the same time that could affect your body and you feel I felt really fragile and really vulnerable and at the same time very permeable and I've always talked about permeability in my in my artwork and how porous we are and I I must say I felt the most porous I've ever felt in my life has been in this time period. I like that you bring up porosity because as humans we become vulnerable when we go through the toughest things in life so we need to be careful who we exchange energies with and therefore who we surround ourselves with and um, describing that concept as being permeable is one of the most accurate ways to talk about strength and courage. And when you're going through something as you are, it's only normal that we let ourselves become more permeable because we need other people's strength to help us keep going. But it also doesn't just have to be humans. Art can help us do that too. And so I'm wondering, has this experience inspired you to create a new art piece? Um, yes, and yeah, actually I, I have. It's so still kind of floating around in my head nothing I haven't pinned anything down I'm ruminating on a lot of things um, what I found I was doing during this time um, which is what I find I gravitate towards when I need to um, uh, feel creative and stay creative but at the same time um, address my emotional um, my emotional being I like to draw, so I've been doing a lot of ink drawings, and I, um, I, I've been doing a lot of drawings that look cellular, look coronavirus, look mutating cancer cells. So these, they're very abstract. They're not, um, they're not representational in any way. It's been fun for me just to experiment and, and not think about any big show or where things are going and just see where it takes me and have this dialogue with materials again and um, and see what comes out. Um, but I do have an idea, I have lots of ideas for sort of larger installations, but I haven't had the energy to start them. I think it's amazing that you're using art as a therapy, but also you're not overworking yourself, which is good. It's a healing time for you. Yeah, it's it's a healing period right now, so...
What are you most grateful for right now? My family and my friends have been have been instrumental in helping me get through this. They've been, you know, we're all in little boxes in Zoom, but it it's the best. It's still the best. Um, and my partner's been amazing, been really, really supportive. And so the fan and my extended family on both sides has been really, really supportive um, and helping me uh, get through this um, because it's, I'm getting through this on so many different levels. Um, and then just I've been very lucky that I have my art, I must admit. And um, that that, I, you know, I can just I can tune out everything that's going around me and I can just go sit and I can draw and I can listen to music and and not think about what else, what else is going around me if I don't have to. Um, on the other hand, I like to I am always socially engaged with what's going on and it feels weird not to be an activist at this point on any front. Um, but it's it's what I need to do at this point in time to get through. And so, um, I'd, I'd like to add that I wanted to thank also um, um, Andrew has been so supportive and the lab and his lab and everyone there has just been so um, was so welcoming and supportive of me coming in and out and doing crazy weird kind of things. It was just I'm just very uh, um, grateful for for his support and uh, his his humor and keeping me um, uh, going there. Yeah, totally. I mean, we love having you and Andrew's humor keeps a lot of us going, I think. I had an amazing time chatting with you today, Elaine. I hope you feel better and that this pandemic is over soon so that you don't have extra things to worry about on top of your treatments. No, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki. I really appreciate uh, chatting with you. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's been really lots of fun. Yeah. There is so much we can take away from Elaine's experience. I think positivity and giving yourself time to heal is always worth it. That's our episode for today. This is Quarantimes, and next time you hear me speak, the roles will be reversed, and I'll be the guest getting interviewed.